You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. We're on the front lines with New York restaurateur Alex LaPratt, who is fighting to save his two restaurants. If he survives, this could be his finest moment. Episode 62 of Drinking on the Job, now heard in 17 countries, starts now. Alex LaPratt owns two restaurants with an amazing partner, Leslie Afray. He's also a master sommelier, of which I think there's only about 140 in the country, not many more in the world. Uh, you also have a clothing line you're trying to start for Psalms, which I think is super cool. Uh, you run two restaurants. You're on the front lines. Uh, basically, what I'm saying is you're a hustler. You're fighting for your life right here. Um, so give me the five minutes of how you got here uh, in New York from those humble beginnings to uh, now. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a lot to, to catch up on. Um, you know, uh, born and raised just outside Detroit, grew up on a farm, grew up uh humble means so i always wanted to uh do something where i got you know paid to be smart or mm-hmm. you know uh i watched how hard my father worked and i was like well i don't really want to work that hard um jokes on you yeah <laughs> <laughs> a few years later i realized well yeah that doesn't mean too much without hard work so um basically worked through the best restaurants in michigan i uh, came across um uh, the first female u.s master sommelier madeline Trafon. Watching her work the floor, being in the dining room, being around her, just her energy and her humility, her uh, charisma uh, really inspired me to change paths. I was a major in biology, minor in chemistry, planning on pre-med, but I kept coming back to wine, you know, being really excited about it and the culture and the food and and all of that. And um, I decided to stay with it. So I dropped out of college, went back to my parents and I said, look, I know I'm the first kid to go to college. Okay, you know, cool. in our family, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's pursue this wine thing. So, I, when I met you, you were working at uh, DV Bistro. You were wa- working what I call the uh, French slave hours of eighty <laughs> hours a week, yeah, uh, double six days a week, and at the same time, same time, trying to get your MS. Absolutely. Um, so you you've always had this kind of incredible work ethic, work hard, study hard, um, and you know, basically shoot for the best. Yeah, it, you know I, that whole. Um, you think about things that define your character or who you are and uh, very early on uh, I really wanted to work at a restaurant in Michigan it was called Tribute and um, I kept going I kept applying this is like my my other MO I'll just keep going and keep applying and keep pushing hmm. until you know an opportunity presents itself and a chef came in and ate and now I'd taken a bu- care of a bunch of uh, movie stars Stallone and uh, a lot of sports players came in Tiger Woods and all these you know journalists and things but I never you know I never broke that kind of cool of hey you know uh, there's some an- anonymity here right um, until uh, this couple came in I took great care of him and at the end he gave me uh, his credit card and um, his name was Don Yamauchi he was a chef coming from Willing, Illinois at uh, Le Francais uh, where Jean Banchet worked mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was taking over Tribute this restaurant I kept trying to get into ah, okay. and so I got his card at the end and I said hey I have to ask are you Don Yamauchi the Don Yamauchi and he's like yes said, you know and, and we start talking and uh, I said well that's crazy because I've been trying to get a job at Tribute for forever and he's like well that's funny I was just telling my girlfriend here you should come and work for me 
Wow. So, okay. so I'm like, great. And he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, whatever you want, chef. And he's like, <laughs> come, come to the restaurant tomorrow. So I get there. He sets up this interview with Charles, the maitre d'. Charles is like, well, thanks for coming, but I just hired someone this morning. I don't have a, I don't have a spot. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me go talk to chef. So I go downstairs. Uh, it's this beautiful show kitchen. It's a multi-million dollar thing built by uh, basically an automotive uh, company that sold parts um, to entertain in Detroit. Right. And uh, I said, look, he said, there's no positions. I said, I'm not just passionate about food and wine, you know, for the front of house and learning that. I said, you know, I'd, I'd be totally open to cooking. I'd like to cook. I'd like to learn. He's like, yeah, 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 okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll work for free, you know, whatever it takes. And he's like, wow. okay, all right, come back uh, tomorrow, you know, go buy a chef's knife and a paring knife. So I worked uh, three months for free there, but there was these, um, you know, sous chefs, young guys, very cocky. Everything was TK this and TK that. What's TK? Uh, Thomas Keller. Thomas so the, oh, the French Laundry cookbook oh, just okay. launched, you gotcha. know, a little bit gotcha. before at that time. And, um, you know, super cocky. And they'd be like, oh, okay, go cut me a brunoise. And I'm like, fuck guys what's a what's a brunoise you know i knew nothing not they're like make this vinaigrette i'm like i don't know so i just cleaned up all the messes you know as soon as something broke or needed to be cleaned i'd like i ran to it right you know to to try to earn my place there and um i just remember one day i just said i was you know they've been riding me pretty hard uh one of the sous uh sous chefs and i said uh look man i may not know what you know and I may not, you know, have the technique or or, or uh, skills that you have, but there won't be a day in your life where you all work me, you know. Amen, brother. <laughs> and That's so the hustle. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. took me to the chocolate room. It's this uh, dry storage room with all these um, uh, boxes of like, you know, uh, I don't know, baking soda and baking powder and right. canned stuff. And uh, they used to do chocolate pieces, like show pieces. They would spray it with a uh, Wagner chocolate, or like a spray right. gun, but it was filled with chocolate. Right. And there was just chocolate everywhere. It had a drop ceiling, you know, like the kind of, you know, like the foam drop ceiling. Just freaking chocolate all over these uh, metro shelves and these boxes. Right. And he said, go ahead and scrub this down. So this was probably about three in the afternoon. So I said, no problem. Started around six, seven. The second sous chef comes in. He's like, Alex, you don't have to do this. I said, oh, I absolutely do. And I'm not leaving till it's done. All right. A chef comes in around 10. He's on his way out. And he's like, Alex, seriously, you don't have to do this. I said, I'll let myself out. It'll be clean in the morning. And I stayed all night. I cleaned that whole room. Wow. I never heard another thing. Yeah, there you go. You know. You, you earn the respect. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think that's important. That's pretty cool. I think it's that kind of... Uh, uh, passion and uh, thing that we're confronting right now. I mean, look, this uh, coronavirus. I mean, who would have thought they canceled St. Patrick's Day parade? More or less in Boston, uh, yeah. New York, maybe Boston. No, uh, right. uh, Pope just canceled basically the Easter celebration, uh, the public gathering for that. Uh, we are just facing something we've never seen before. Uh, you have two restaurants. I want to talk about that because you're on the front lines. Um, it's just fucking insane. I want people to get an idea of what. You're confronted with laying people off and trying to hold on for dear life mm. uh, so you can keep the doors open so you have a restaurant to come back to when this is all over. So to give us a little insight, like what you're dealing with, um, your, your cost and people calling you and, yeah. and the hardship and the, and the pain of laying somebody off that you've worked with for years, right? Oh, it's tough. You know, like uh, being, being in charge of uh, a business, you know, already is very stressful, of course, just under normal circumstances, you know, and, uh, you know, firing someone already is difficult, but, but there's a reason, you know, you know that they're jeopardizing everyone else's livelihood that is working there, that's doing their job and doing the things that they need to do. And no matter what, how much coaching you've given them, they're not going to, 
you know, change. And so you have to let that person go. But it's infinitely more difficult to go to people that work their heart out for you, uh, for this industry, and tell them, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, we've, we've got to let you go. Right. Um, and because some of these people followed you from your history, your, your, where you used to work there. Like, I got, I got, like you were looking to work at uh, Tribute, there were people like, I'm going to work with Alex, man. It's, uh, your, your passion is contagious, and people want to be around. People that kind of energy and, and positive attitude, and now you have to lay them off. Absolutely. You know, we had a lot of people start as uh, dishwashers, yeah. get promoted to a back server, to a server, to a manager. You know, we have a lot of employee retention through that. Mm -hmm. You know, we reward um, integrity first and foremost, right. uh, but then work ethic and, and the um, um, ambition to be a little bit better each day. And over the years, they've grown with us, right. you know, so they're really, you know, distant family members in a way. Sure. And, uh, you know, and, and the worst part is you feel like, Nobody could plan for this, right? I'm not a bad business owner. I'm not the best either, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's extremely tough, this industry, difficult. Um, but uh, nobody planned for, you know, a, a something to shut down an entire industry within a week. The, the, the crazy fucking thing is 2020 was supposed to be focused solely on the election. Um, and everyone thought that's what we'd be talking about for all of 20, uh, heading up to November. And this just dwarfed it i mean uh i mean it puts it in perspective who we need to be leading the country but we this is the front line this is a trench warfare kind of thing this isn't uh something cerebral and um it just hit so hard and uh, i'll give you uh, some idea uh if the government doesn't step in even if they do there's 10 million people being laid off in the restaurant business alone so yeah. if you add other businesses it's well over 10 million 1932 the great depression 13 million people were out of work uh and that's made bread lines and soup lines form the famous black and white photos of men standing on line outside the bowery sleeping to get bread and soup to feed themselves to feed their families that's what we're looking at there's a this is some real like hard thinking we all have to do um and uh that's why I'm talking to you. You have two restaurants. You had another one opening potentially in Miami. I'm sure yeah. that's fallen through. Yeah, it's definitely on hold. Um, so, like, what? Uh, so, what's your day to day like now? Well, it's really just Leslie and I uh, every day mm -hmm. combating the unexpected. You know, it's not just um, overnight. Your entire revenue stream, your entire business model, just dried up. Mm -hmm. um, you have no workforce at all. Um, so, what do you do? We we, you know, the, the other thing with restaurants, I don't know if everyone understands how, how it works, but, uh, you know, if you have good standing, you know, if you have good, you know, relations um, and uh, you pay your bills on time, you know, you'll be extended credit terms. So you got, you know, most of ours are, are 30 days, which is, you know, uh, pretty, pretty common. Right. Um, and uh, so as soon as that stopped, we weren't just paying... You know that week's labor or wages we're paying 30 days you know from that moment forward for food that's been ordered wine that's been ordered for you know you know weeks ago uh, rent hasn't stopped yet uh, insurances haven't stopped um, there's all these laws that we have to follow and, and pay for you know um, it's just uh, that continues and now we aren't you know wealthy uh, and we don't have any wealthy uh, investors you know so we built this business ourselves 
um, uh, like bare bones the whole way. So we believe that if we shut down, uh, we won't reopen. Yeah. You know. Um, so you have beasts and bottles. You have atrium. Right. And then at the same time, you're trying to start this clothing line, which we could talk about in a bit. But um, I was just thinking about what's it look like when we get through the other side of this? Like you were just saying, um, we may not reopen. There's lots of restaurants that won't be reopening. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to forever change the face of dining as we know it. Restaurants, it, it'll change the business model uh, completely. You know, New York for me has always been a place where, you know, we've embraced culture and restaurants and dining. So I, a lot of us love to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world because of that diversity and that access. I think that's going to change dramatically. I think, you know, I don't know. I'd like to think, I, I doubt it'll happen, but I hope that, you know, the restaurants that are still here, the public starts to understand a bit more. Mm-hmm. The effort and uh, the costs involved and the risks involved um, so that they can appreciate a bit more and aren't like, hey, why is my hamburger $18? I don't, you know, I don't understand. Right. Or why is my chicken, you know, $26 or whatever? Um if you're running a successful restaurant, is it about ten cents on the dollar profit? No, uh, I mean, at the end of the year, yeah, about that, maybe so, a little less, right. you know. But that's like a busy restaurant, right. you know. So that's crazy to think you're only making ten cents on a dollar. Yeah. Uh, so people think this is a glamorous business. They see a packed restaurant and they assume, oh, look at Alex, he's making a fortune. Uh, no, he's keeping the lights on, <laughs> and he's paying his bills, his insurance, his contracts, uh, his exterminator. Uh, and then all the other stuff that pops up. Um, Absolutely. But it's more of a business people get into for passion yeah. um, and love. Uh, and, uh, I mean, my life and most people's lives are filled with amazing memories of whether it's my daughter's 21st birthday and I take her and a bunch of friends out to a dinner. Or when we moved here, I took my family here and friends to come to Beast and Bottles and we drank fantastic wine. I mean, most people have incredible their their lives are marked by these like seminal moments in restaurants uh whether they're getting engaged or uh or birthdays or celebrations it's kind of uh and to think that you know a lot of that is going to be gone it's going to be different um i can't imagine manhattan having these high-end restaurants a block away from each other uh because even if they start doing business again in june how do you ramp up to paying a rent on an average restaurant block in New York City of a high-end restaurant? It's probably seventy, eighty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, a month in rent. People Depending don't think size. about that, yeah. right? I mean, I know restaurants that are paying over a million dollars. Yeah, uh, for rent. So, how do you open your doors and then be able to pay that rent again? Um, particularly when there's another restaurant down the street that has similar, same high price. I think it's going to be changed. It's going to thin out the herd. Yeah, um, it's changing the. It's changing our culture. No, it, and it, and you know, you can make arguments that maybe it was a saturated market. The truth is, you know, it's going to be different. We're going to have to look at it differently. Hmm. You know, when you see the largest, most successful restaurant tours in the country shutting down everything, laying off thousands of people, um, when the restaurants all over the United States, um, you know that things are going to change. You know, they have to. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. But, you know, Leslie and I, you know, we've transitioned to delivery um, at both restaurants. So we're doing delivery and takeout. 
Uh, Bottling your own cocktails, which yep. I, I which I loved. Yeah. Uh, super cool, sexy, HM label. I, yeah. Uh, Alex doesn't stop working. Uh, <laughs> like like cleaning that uh, chocolate room yeah. at the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> I I rode my bike and uh, stood outside. By the way, we're doing the safety distance. It's you know the six feet or six feet under yeah. motto <laughs> is alive and well. This will be our hanging so, Chad comment for this era. Yeah, uh, but uh, I you know saw him. Uh, bottling and and putting the stoppers on himself with a hand stopper and uh yeah. doing the labels so that people could pick up uh, his his cocktails his negronis that he's bottling himself um yeah and i think you're you're i was gonna say you're doing everything you can Every, do to have something come in no that's the thing and it's not about um you know i'm worried that uh you know the stimulus package i i heard that it may have been approved today i don't know what that's going to look like um you know it's just if we don't get some support and if you know, everybody expects us to still pay the bills that like rent and stuff, you know, the recurring expenses. Um, you know, there's no way we'll make it. Uh, like on delivery alone, we're down, you know, over 95% of what we that's, used to make. That's crushing. And Leslie and I are working all day, um, you know, every day to try to figure this out and find new opportunities. Um, and, and our biggest goal here is just to weather the storm so that people have a place to come back to you right. know all the staff that i said you know i wish we could be there for you um but we can't it's just not possible but maybe we can keep this here so mm -hmm. you have somewhere to come back to because a lot of people are going to come back to nothing right no it's scary i think back uh 25 years ago i was in the restaurant business and i just got married and then we had our kid and uh we were living kind of paycheck to paycheck um, yeah. I told my wife I couldn't imagine what that's like today to be a, and I know people who have two kids and uh, they just lost their management job and uh, you know they they were making a good salary and they're yeah. unemployed now and they have two kids. Yeah. Uh, I thank God that didn't happen 25 years ago when I was trying to raise my family and I feel the pain and suffering from people who are in that situation and I agree I think we got to try to keep as many uh, restaurants open so that they do have a place to come back to so our industry does stay intact. So two things, um, we're going to introduce this, what we're going to drink, <laughs> uh, but during this I'm saying this, this feels to me like a, a science fiction movie. Absolutely. Right? Uh, so when in this movie that we're in, when we find the cure, or oh, this coronavirus has, had it, has its ass kicked, <laughs> what song is playing in your head? Like when you're running out the streets and you're like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, like uh, being from Detroit, I always like a little Motown funk, maybe Cool in the Gang, cool. Celebration. Celebration, you all know, right. <laughs> maybe. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot more work at the end than yeah. I think. It's not, like you said, you know, when when places open back up in June, July, August, September, October, November, this year at all, we'll mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of work yeah. ahead of them. Yeah, we all do. It's a shifting market. Um, I'm curious as hell what this is going to look like on the other side. Uh, so what are we drinking here? What are we inspired? Uh, well, you know, considering we're in the middle of uh, a catastrophe, um, I thought we'd do something a little bit higher, ABV. Right. Um, okay. So, so Valdespino, Innocente, Fino, Dry Sherry. Uh, no better way to start the day. Little uh, light almond, you know, green uh, apple and, and green fruits, uh, refreshing salinity. Yeah. Have you been down here? Uh, no, you know I haven't. It's yeah. uh, it's a trip that I've been really wanting to take, but uh, it's incredibly beautiful. But actually, you know, went through years and years of poverty and 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 fighting. 
Absolutely. Uh, there were lots of big producers who kind of took over the little teeny bodegas mm-hmm. uh, and said, um, you know, you can't sell your sherry illegal unless you sell it to us. Yeah. So these people were under like a burden and it's, it doesn't, there's a lot of poverty, but a lot of beauty. So actually a really good pick for today. Yeah. Um, biologically aged, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> I love sherry. Absolutely. To me, it's one of those things you should always have in your refrigerator. <laughs> I always have uh, a Fino, mm-hmm. and I always have uh, an Amontillado. Yeah. Um, the Amontillado has a little more kind of density to it, um, more kind of a hazelnut, just a little mm-hmm. more. The Fino is like perfect. Though. You get all yeah. that salt. Yeah. I always talk about salt as wines that I love. <laughs> you know, it's just like no, that's the uh, distinguished gentleman's uh, drink of uh, choice. There, you know, you know when someone sits down across the bar and says. Let me have a glass of Fino. And you just right. look at him and you're like, you're like, if you're not Spanish, then you're probably in our industry. Yeah, that's, that's, a, good, <laughs> that's a good tip for everybody if you want to look like, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the cool James Bond move. Oh, I'll, take a, I'll take a Fino sherry. <laughs> that's a good impression. Yeah, I think it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, classic pairing with, for a Fino sherry? Oh, I mean, yeah. almonds, olives, you know. Yeah. Light fish, yeah. mackerel would be pretty solid. Yeah, I love sardines or anchovies. Yeah. Boccaronis are yeah. particular by uh, Oh, for sure, white anchovies. Uh, so everyone is uh, who's in the wine business was inspired by one bottle that you're like, oh my God, I don't know what this is, but the church bells just started ringing. I, I love this. I got to be in this business. What was that bottle of wine for you? Oh, yeah, there is actually. And, and I tried to tell everyone, I said, you know what, when I teach, because I also... I'm an adjunct uh, professor at the International Culinary Center, and I say uh, to, to a lot of the young students and other psalms that, that I've had uh, the opportunity to kind of influence or mentor, I said, be careful because you can change someone's life forever with just a simple glass of wine. And That's uh, so true. They look at me and That's they say, so oh, well, you're so, you know, being idealistic or whatever. And I said, well, no, not really, because if you ask anybody in our industry what that bottle was, almost with market clarity, they can tell you. Sure what that moment was, where they were. Uh, for me, it wasn't as, as nearly as grand as some of the uh, stories I read. Mm. Uh, mine was, uh, um, it was, it was while working for uh, that uh, first female U.S. Master Psalm in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Madeline Trefon, I was working at a restaurant called Morel's, and um, I was actually too young to drink, so I wasn't supposed to drink anything. And so when she would do deductive tastings and, and stuff like that, we, I would smell, which you get a lot of info sure. from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just starting. But uh, there was a server there, David Douglas, and we went to the bar, and he was opening something. He said, here, taste this. And he slips in this little glass of red, and I taste it, and I said, wow, you know, there's something here. This might be something. Happens to be uh, Penfold's Bin 389, Cabernet Shiraz blend. Okay. And it was delicious, you know. And and what a great wine for, like, a starter, you know, because it has, like, a sweetness of fruit, but it round, power, you know, it's full-bodied, unctuous. Uh, and just all around delicious. Uh-huh. And I said, man, there's, there's something to this. You know? it's, it's such a fantastic analogy if you think about uh, what you said to that uh, psalm. Like, yeah, be careful because you can change a person's life with one glass. Uh, this, if anything, this time reminds us that how connected we are to staying six feet away from each other. Um, humans need other humans. Uh, we have all the, the power that we have is because of human contact. Uh, we get this um, oxytocin release, by the way, which is a, a, the love hormone, like endorphin kind of hormone like that, that only gets released uh, during sex, uh, during a meal, breaking bread with somebody, and human contact. Um, I'm hoping on the other side of this, when we can all get together, 
that we won't still be those people that you see that are having dinner with friends and loved ones and they're on their phones yeah and they're checking the instagrams or they're taking the pictures of food i hope this will it can stop for a while people go fuck i'm so happy to see people like fuck my phone right i need to like give this person a hug i need them i need to give them my full attention they deserve it i'm hoping that's one of the silver linings to this but that's a great analogy of like this is how we can powerfully affect each other with this contact um absolutely you know, I was thinking the other day, just all the, the little things that used to have more meaning that, that got lost along the way, but something as simple as a handshake mm-hmm. and where that came from and what it means and how now we we can't hug, you know, our friends or, right. or shake our hands or, you know, acknowledge people in the normal way. And so, uh, you know, it, it may have more significance afterwards. Maybe people are thinking about it. And, you know, I'm also seeing um, how far out of touch with you know humanity i think that that we all are as we're spending time so you know quarantined or or or, or yeah. close together you know some you know we live with people and and you know you know you've, you've been married a long time so you you know <laughs> you know yell really well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you know say say you start a new relationship and you're living together and i'm i'm, I'm watching the fireworks you know from from friends of mine that maybe don't uh, you know, have that familiarity that are living together and then, well, you work and I work and we're only together a little bit of time. Now yeah. we're together all the time, all day in the same spot in New York's small apartments, you know. Yeah, that's that, the thing in New York City, man. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, well, you know, we're yeah. strangers in our own home, maybe. It, yeah, that's a very good line. Um, it's, it's make or break time for relationships, no <laughs> doubt. We're on top of each other. It's one of those like, I never knew you were this fucking annoying. <laughs> Holy shit, really? <laughs> <laughs> what did I see the other day? Like, um, uh, it was like a quote from a from a woman. She was at home and listening to her boyfriend work from home, her husband, and it's like, I never knew my my husband was a uh, let me uh, let me get back to you on that one kind of guy or whatever <laughs> right. you know. Like he's saying it all the time in these meetings, you know. Yeah, like yeah, it's, uh, over coffee one morning, you know, you know, I never realized I I really don't even <laughs> like you. <laughs> I'm doing my part. I'm trying to send wine to your house. Right. Like I want to yeah. lubricate these. Uh, Give me, situations. Give, give me one of your favorite uh, New York dining experiences like that you just uh, whether who who is with or like just like man that was a meal that is like I'll never forget I'll take it to my grave man you know I don't you have, you've had a lot of them in New York cause, I mean I've, I've had a lot of great meals uh, and I've you know working at the three-star level where everything you know three-star Michelin most of my career has um, you know given me and afforded me opportunities that there's no other way I could have had access to uh, tasting a lot of refined wine and, 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 and food and cuisine that's worked and, and thought over and very cerebral. Um, you know, after a while, I started to feel a bit like I was being held hostage at mm-hmm. these tastings, right. you know, because, you know, after course 16, 17, yeah. you know, our goal <laughs> when, when friends come in to eat at that place, you know, like when you're when you're doing a tasting menu or something that's just to kill you i just want to kill you i want you to drink and eat until you like can't eat and drink anymore just to show you know our love uh for you and um you know and you you get held there and you eat so much and so i started looking for more simple kind of cuisine and things like that tom Tom, speaking of thomas keller he was notorious for this somebody would come in and uh somebody come into the restaurant it would be a chef from out of town he would ne- they would make a reservation and uh there's a f- uh, i know a few people who've worked at uh, per se 
and like this like poor guy comes in and he's just like oh, yeah. with his fiance and he's like oh we're at per se it's thomas keller it's just like oh my god the you know and the courses come out and they've had like 15 courses and they're both really really happy and then they don't realize that that's just really the first right. round of multiple courses and my friend who's like waiting on this table says he's he looks at the woman at this point she's just like fucking done yeah She's Absolutely. like, oh my god, I can't believe more food's coming. There's like ten more courses coming, oh, and then sure. the dessert course, and so she's just done. And now the chef who's visiting from out of town and seeing his god before him is just hanging in there, like, what do you got? I can take. It's like raging bull. Yeah. You didn't knock me down, Ray. <laughs> you didn't knock me down. Like, and they sit there for another fifteen courses, and at that point, they're both fucking miserable. Absolutely. There's, there's no love in the house. There's no love in the hotel that night. Like, no, <laughs> I, no. After those meals, you're just like stuffed, right. and you're going to yeah. sleep. You're drunk. Yeah. Um, kind of gross, but yeah. And the other thing is, like, you're sitting there, and you're like, "Babe, you have to finish your food. We can't send back right. plates with food on it." So then you're like, "You're eating for two now." Right, yeah. So you're like, "You're eating your food and her food," and you're like, "Oh my yeah. god, like, why did I do this?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been there with Gail. Yeah. We went to a restaurant in San Francisco. They did exactly that. They just buried us. No, and Gail was like, "Like, I'm like, we got to walk back to the hotel. I don't even want to sit in a car." No. Yeah, um, walking's but, good. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I so. always try to tell people, like, if you can, you know, if they serve lunch and it's the same menu, do the lunch and then just skip dinner, walk around, you yeah. know, let it digest. Yeah, I love the big walk after dinner. It's yeah. my favorite favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's, I'm going to throw you a scenario. Let's, sure. uh, let's say they're going to hang you tomorrow morning uh-huh. uh, for, for treason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the question. Uh, <laughs> what? What food are you having? What bottle of wine are you going to drink? Gets gets more complicated. So let's start with the food and wine. What are you going to have? Oh, wow. That's really tough, John. Uh, something something rich and roasted. Some kind of a, I don't know, maybe like a stew. But I'm just thinking I really want fresh, baked, beautiful bread. Like an amazing okay, that's, baguette. That's with, part of it. With, with some incredible thick, just like super yellow butter. Yeah. And uh, some sea salt. Like I just yeah. feel like bread and butter like done well you know it's so simple but it's so fulfilling and it's you know it's really salt to the earth you know it's my son always asks me dad what's your favorite smell and i go no doubt baking bread yeah love the smell of baking okay so i'm going to give you your your uh super rich uh butter your 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 homemade bread and what bottle of wine are you going to drink this is it hang you the (laughs) the prison psalm just came over and said sir what will you be drinking tonight (laughs) Anything, uh, the world. It'd have to either be Old Champagne or uh, Merceau, okay. you know, something in there. Okay. Actually, Merceau would go great with that butter. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So would Old Champagne, yeah. What piece of music are you listening to while you're sitting there in your cell by yourself? What piece of music are you listening something to? Long. <laughs> <laughs> something long. Something <laughs> right. long. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm a big fan of Bach. You know, okay. So uh, I probably listened to one of my favorite recordings, uh, or you know, musicians, Hilary Hahn. She okay. pl- she plays uh, his uh, violin uh, partitas, amazing. Okay. I'd listen to that. It's really, it, it it takes you to another place. It's super special. Uh, I talk about this all the time. I think wine and music are they hit the similar notes. Oh, absolutely. To use the, uh, uh, the pun, but it's uh, it's very. Uh, there's nothing better. I mean, people do it unconsciously. People are partying, celebrating, they're drinking, and they're like, I'll put on some music. Why? 
It's really because it, it, there's a symbiosis there that maybe we don't quite, our, our brains can't, our reptilian brains can't put the finger on, but like, yes. but it, it warms, it's, it's more, uh, it just makes it more multidimensional. And what historic figure would you sit with, dead or alive? Oh man, if it's my last night, yeah. Hemingway. Wow. Hemingway, yeah. You and Papa. Yeah, why not? We'll drink, we'll get drunk. <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, and especially like when you're looking at the gravity of a situation, you know, the things that he lived through or wrote about, you know, the grit. Yeah. And I, he probably wouldn't bullshit you. Like, yeah, you're going to die here in a few hours, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, you lived life. You sucked the marrow out of the bones. Crazy you know? enough. He's a big sherry drinker. Yeah, I know. Right? I know he is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I just went to his famous bar in... Uh, in uh, Madrid? In Madrid, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been I f- there. I forget that. It's just... Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy bar. They just uh, they just write down on a piece of paper what you drink, and then they give you like a, a you know, it's a, it sticks with with a, with a line through it. Absolutely. Okay, you had four sherry's. You had four copas of sherry. Uh, yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great bar. That's that was one of his favorites. And yeah. also Hemingway was huge on uh, courage. That's a, the theme Absolutely. of lots of his books yeah. and his stories about courage I, and fighting. And this is where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he saw war and uh, he saw you know tough times. He also traveled a lot. Right. Um, and he liked to drink. He liked to fight. I think he was a man's man. Yep. Movable yeah. feast. Absolutely. Right? That's all he talked about was food and wine and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he's a, absolutely a, a kind of a culinary hero on one level for sure. Um, who do people, what website do people log on to help the restaurant industry? Wow, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I've seen out there, John. You know, I don't know if there's a a really good concerted effort. You mm-hmm. know, because and I'm torn uh, because we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, but I see some of the big operators worth, you know, $400 million or $50 yeah. million or something like that. And they've got GoFundMe pages up. Right. And it, I just, um, I can't wrap my head around it mm-hmm. um, at all uh, because I don't understand why, you know, you need it. I know that the restaurant's probably hurting. Um, but if I'm paying for things on my credit card and I'm living check to check, I don't know why they're asking for money. Um, I think, um, if anything, we need to get hyper-local. Uh, yep. We need to pick and choose the people that have been there. They support us. They support our community. Um, you know, for us, we're we're really blessed to have uh, the guests we do at both restaurants. But um, Dumbo in particular, that community, um, tight knit, been really supportive. Um, and uh, you know, our website uh, www.atriumdumbo.com uh, has mm-hmm. a lot of uh, different things that we can do. You know, we ask for. We started a GoFundMe page just for Good. the staff, mm-hmm. um, you know, strictly for the staff. But uh, we're also selling gift cards uh, with a uh, 20%, you know, discount. It's kind of like, a, you know, if you support us during this, uh, then when you come back, uh, 20%. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. if you look at it, if you think about it like a banker, it's a short-term loan with a 20% return uh, only for food and wine. Right, yeah. You know. Um, but it brings in cash flow. Oh, absolutely. And, but and, we need it. Yeah. Everyone, we need it. Every business needs cash right now. Absolutely. Uh, there's lots of importers that are going to close yeah. because this as well, because they can't pay their, you know, the wineries that they distribute, yeah. uh, their costs are through the roof. They're laying off people. I, I imagine yeah. it's going to change that whole uh, landscape as well, which is, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, I want to thank you for being on Drinking on the Job and just wish you nothing but good luck. I, I've been coming here a long time. The food's exceptional. I love both restaurants, and um, 
let, let's try to come out on the other side and absolutely uh, get together in a big room full of people and drink some champagne and have a big ass party uh, when this is all said and done. No, absolutely. Uh, one other thing I just want to point sure. to, uh, we're also auctioning off um, oh, right. yeah, some high-end uh, whiskeys like Pappy Van Winkles that we have in the, in the, uh, in the restaurants, uh, as well as um, you know, older wines, uh, more curated stuff. So <laughs> we're, we're auctioning that off through our website, too, and then that, that helps a lot. Um, you know, if right. you're gonna, if this is the end of days, you might as well drink well. Absolutely, and, and Pappy is, uh, as many people know who 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 love that bourbon, is uh, uh, you can't get it. I no, mean, you retail stores fight to get like two bottles. Restaurants, I mean, you probably get how many bottles did you get? Like, oh, like one a year. But right. I, I I haven't put them on the list. I've been saving them, so right. it's just funny that I have them. You know, I got I got um, past the list the other day of current like gray market. Uh, for the tenure, they're uh, they're asking for like four thousand dollars a bottle what? for one bottle, and I said that's just nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. We got an auction up; it's like four fifty right now for that's, a bottle. That's great. So yeah. I will uh, I'll, I'll let friends know. Just, yeah. so just log on to your website, yeah. and you can make uh, uh, make an offer on the website. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, there's a link. Thank you, Alex, for being on Drinking on the Job. Thanks, John. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.